Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Kimberly, last week we talked on this program about your dreams one day of being on a stage. You competed in a pageant for Miss Tennessee, right. mm-hmm. but really what you wanted to do was to get into politics, and you saw that pageantry as a kind of avenue, That's right. a threshold. And now today you're looking at the political realm and thinking, boy, I could do that. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm so glad I went another way. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you went was to go into the ministry, and you're right. actually teaching now in a graduate school of theology at Anderson University here in Indiana. And the Lord has guided those steps, I have no That's doubt. Right. But there's still something powerful about that sense of who do I want to be? Where do I want to be? What do I want to be? And all of us have wrestled with that question through life. And what we're doing on Viewpoint this week and in this series of programs is talking about not just what do we want to be, but who do we want to be? And who do I want to be? I want to be like Jesus. I want to Jesus be. Okay, Kimberly, I want to Jesus be. I know it's kind of a funny way of speaking, putting that verb after the name in a way that we don't normally speak. But in my mind, it sticks because it's just a little different. It's like a signature. It's a shorthand of ambition. And I want to be like Jesus because no matter what my job might be, no matter what my relationships might be, in the end, fundamentally, at the core of my being, I want to be as close to Jesus as I can be. Now tell me, am I out of my mind, or is that worth reaching for? No, I think it is worth reaching for, and I think the expectation of Scripture is that we can all do it. Follow me, Jesus said, and what does that mean except to be like me? Mm-hmm. He's saying, be like me. Mm-hmm. And we all acknowledge that Jesus is not just man. He's not just flesh and blood. He is divine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not going to be like God. We're not going to be the creator. We are made in the image of God, but we cannot be God. But can we be like Jesus, the Son of Man? Mm -hmm. That's our reach. And so last week we talked about if I want to Jesus be, I need to be baptized because the Scripture tells us that as Jesus entered into adulthood, as he kind of stepped up and declared who he was, his childhood was past, he's been through his toddler years, his adolescence, now he's a man, who am I going to be? He says, I'm going to be obedient to God. And he had a sense of obedience to go down to the River Jordan and John the Baptist, reluctantly at first, baptized him. And in that passage, and you shared it with us last week from Matthew 3, not only was Jesus baptized, but it was kind of a a moment where the triune God was disclosed. Mm -hmm. Because in that historic minute, as Jesus was submerged in the water to be baptized, in the Greek means to be immersed, as he was laid in the water and raised up again, God the Father spoke. The people present heard the sound of a voice that the Scripture identifies as God. Mm -hmm. And we have the Son, Jesus, in the water. Oh, and there was a third part of God that was disclosed. What was that? The Spirit, the forgotten person (laughs) of the triune God, for sure. And how did the Spirit show up? Right, in the image of a dove in that particular story. And so in that narrative, we so often see in art images of doves representing Mm -hmm. this part of the Godhead, the three-in-one. And you just referenced that's the forgotten part of the whole holy God because sometimes we see the Holy Spirit as some kind of odd or quirky or maybe incidental part of the narrative. But no, we believe that God is in three persons. It's one God, but that he is in a mysterious way three in one. Mm -hmm. And that there is God the Father, and we all kind of can put our arms around that. God the creator, the author of life, and all that's good, every good and perfect gift, the one who brings us into being. We have God the Son, 
our Savior, mm -hmm. who was at the beginning before all things and will be at the end and is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and, and the Lamb of God. That's all in Jesus. That's right. But we have this Holy Spirit. Right. Distinct and yet part of the one mm -hmm. who has a role to play. Also now, present at the beginning and before all things. Absolutely, and, yeah. because it's one God. Mm -hmm. But some kind of an expression or manifestation that is in the personhood mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And it is a mystery. You can't put it out in a mathematical equation. Right. We accept by faith. Though we try. <laughs> Though we try. But we accept by faith that our God is one in three. Right. Well, when Jesus is baptized, if I want to be like him and I'm mm -hmm. baptized, what happens to him next? Right. After his baptism and after the pronouncement from God, he is cast out into the wilderness and he is tempted by the Satan. The Satan, the mm -hmm. Satan, the mm -hmm. adversary, which is a literal meaning of the term, right. uh, this oppositional figure to God. Mm -hmm. And this wilderness experience is, I think, an important disclosure in the scripture for all of us. Because if you make a decision to Jesus speak, if you're really serious, and you stand forward and declare that in your baptism, because that is a kind of signature that says, for anyone who knows, I'm deciding to follow Jesus. And boy, you may think that it's some kind of happy little family celebration in the context of a culture that has been framed by Christianity. But if you're in a part of the world where Christianity has not been the frame of the native culture, and people get baptized you understand what it means. Right. It means I'm making a decision to go a completely different That's way. Right. If you do that, I promise you, you're going to run into some rough water because the devil himself, this darkness, is going to challenge you and try and get you off course and that's what happened to Jesus. He had to endure a time of testing and seasoning and growing and stretching. He had more choices to make, temptation by temptation to actually fulfill his destiny. I appreciate you saying that, Jim, because I think sometimes that's a part of the message that we don't really communicate. We, we want to talk about the life of following Christ as full and abundant, and it is. It's all those things. Um, but it's also hard, and Jesus told us it would be hard, right? Uh, people will persecute you because of me. Jesus, if we look at his life, uh, if we follow him uh, on the road he traveled, we know where that led him. And so if we take Jesus on, if we become like Jesus, then a part of our life experience will be what Jesus was. And so temptation is just a natural part of that experience. And when it happens, when it comes to us, it's important to remember, right? This is a part of that road that we chose to walk when we said we'd follow Christ. Punishment does not come as temptation. Mm -hmm. And we must not confuse temptation mm -hmm. with some kind of discipline per se. That's right. It's a part of the journey mm -hmm. because we are involved in a contest and God is calling us to himself. And there are other forces that want to deny us God. And so that temptation, whatever form it takes, wherever your Achilles heel might be, is real. And I've always told people as a pastor over the years when I have baptized them, be prepared I celebrate and I affirm your choice to stand up and Jesus be in your baptism. But I also want to warn you, it's especially intense sometimes when you make a dramatic statement about following Jesus. You're going to face temptation for a lifetime, but there can be seasons when it's especially intense. And you may feel quite isolated and alone and powerless in its face. And that can especially come when you make that original decision to Jesus be, be baptized. 
And I think Jesus modeled that for us. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that, and not just about the temptation, but, well, how Jesus triumphed over it. Subscribe. 
As you're listening to our program today, you may have a question or a thought, a comment. You may want to share something with us or ask us to even pray with you. We're always glad to hear from you. This is our phone number, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We'll give you that contact information again at the end of the program, but for now, just know this, we're always glad to hear from you. If I want to Jesus be... If that's really who I want to be, no matter what my job, no matter how my life unfolds, at the core of my being, I want my character, my soul, my mind and thoughts to conform to Christ. Well, then I need to be baptized. It's a starting place. Mm. And the next thing I'm going to face will probably be some temptation because the devil himself wants to get in the way. The scripture tells us you have to be on alert because the devil prowls about like a roaring lion. It's a very vivid descriptor seeking whom he may devour. And so in that, Jesus went through the wilderness and he had some temptations, famously three. Yeah. they. You know what, Jim? Uh, as we talk about these three temptations, I always think it's a little bit like uh, Alice in Wonderland, you know, when she falls through the hole, because everything seems um, upside down or sort of askew. I feel like every one of the temptations that came to Jesus I would have been able to reason how it would be better to to follow, right, the temptation, <laughs> to right? To give in. It feels like it would have been a great statement to have thrown yourself off the temple and angels rush in and save you. It feels like that would have been a big splash in Jerusalem, right? Why well, not sure. do it Why that not? way? Why not? For a good cause. Right. It's a headline that can lead people to God. Yeah. And uh, I think that, that each one of these statements, of course, I would have been done um, when we first started talking about bread, right? You're hungry and there's bread. But I just mean, I feel like every single one of these temptations that come to Jesus, I'm the person who could rationalize and reason why. No, no, no. Th- this way is good. This is right. This What's, is what I should do. What harm could be done? Exactly. You know what? I probably could resist the bread thing, but if the devil said, turn that rock into a hot fudge sundae, <laughs> what would I do? <laughs> You'd be sunk. I'd be sunk. <laughs> And Jesus, of course, faced these temptations. Mm -hmm. I've written a book called Jesus Be, and uh, in this book, I kind of summarized in a in a brief way, these temptations yep. with a phrase. And I want to thank Peter Scazzaro in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Church, for helping oh, inspire yeah. my kind of revisiting of these temptations and what they really mean. But I just kind of describe them in these three ways. One, there's the providing for yourself. You know, the devil's mm-hmm. tempting Jesus. Just take care of it. You can do it your way. Mm-hmm. And Jesus seemed to understand, no, I'm going to do things God's way. <gasps> yeah. And then there was the acting on impulse. Mm-hmm. You know what? Why don't you just do this. Mm-hmm. Just jump off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just do something dramatic, uh, be spontaneous. And again, Jesus seems to understand the bigger picture, the flow of heaven, and the deference to God engineering his life. He doesn't have to make things happen. All right. he has to do is be obedient to right. the will of his Father. And then at last, switching loyalties, because you know, in the end, the devil says, you know what? I can give you everything you're reaching for now. All you have to do is just switch up mm-hmm. and pay attention to me instead of God. Mm -hmm. And even though Jesus is the Son of God, he is in this minute the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. And boy, how alluring that must have Mm -hmm. been. And you know what? Again, as you've described, those temptations could be rationalized. You know, if I'm in charge of the world, it'd be a lot better place. (laughs) (laughs) You know, things would just line up better. (laughs) If only I would just make that little compromise and uh, make the ends justify the means. Mm -hmm. And Jesus resisted all of those. How could he do it? What happens as he turns away and he says, you know what, I'm not doing it. He quotes from the scripture. He uses the word of God to empower and Mm -hmm. energize his Mm -hmm. resistance. 
and he also in his heart, in his will, mm-hmm. he chooses. I am not going to betray mm-hmm. the reason I am here. Mm-hmm. And angels come and yes. minister to him as, as he kind of gets a deep breath. Yes, and I think yes, it's important yes. for us to know that when we're tempted, you can go toe-to-toe and be wrestled to the mat and almost feel like you can't get up again. But the Lord, if your heart is in it, will see you through, and then he'll comfort you before the next battle comes. But all of that brings me back to his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended as a dove, and Jesus was himself anointed by the Holy Spirit. Is that possible? Can you think of a passage, Kimberly, where Jesus says, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm living as I'm living because... I have the Holy Spirit. Does he say that? Absolutely, of course. He's That's his declaration, his inauguration statement. I talk about the inauguration of the kingdom when he stands before uh, the synagogue at Jerusalem and tells us who he is and why he's come. He's been anointed by the Spirit to preach good news to the poor, to give sight to the blind, to set free the captives, to heal the lame, right, to uh, restore those who have been downcast. This is why he's come and what he's come to do. And all of that assignment and all of that wonderful intervention in the human journey that he declares is his ambition while he walks in this world is consequent to his set-up statement where he's quoting from Isaiah. He says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How so? I believe that the Spirit comes upon us in a pervasive way when we are surrendered to God. So the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. You don't have to be surrendered to God to have that conviction. And the Spirit can be working in you, Mm -hmm. and you can still not be sold out. (laughs) But what we sometimes describe as the baptism of the Spirit, this baptism of fire, we can understand as an immersion. Remember, the word baptism is to be immersed. An immersion in the Holy Spirit, I think, comes from that absolute surrender. Lord, I want to be yours. I want to Jesus be. And in his baptism, Jesus made that bold statement. In the wilderness, Jesus said, I'm surrendered to God's will, not yours, Mr. Devil. Yes, He didn't need to be baptized. He uh, did so obediently because that's how God instructed. Uh, He didn't need to prove himself, but he decided that in the wilderness what he would do was do God's work God's way and was obedient in that moment. And it is by and through and in the power of the Spirit that Jesus did these things that we too are able to be like Jesus. And Jesus, more than any other person that walked across this planet, has been an influence for good. More life has been given more good has been done, more mending and healing has taken place, more truth has been proclaimed, more justice has been made known by the hand of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus and the power of Jesus living still than any other figure. Sometimes we long to do good, but we are not able to achieve that end Mm -hmm. because we do not have the Spirit. For everyone listening today, if you want to Jesus be and you long to be an influence for the good, and and you look around the world and see all of its broken places, and you want to be used of God, you have to be surrendered to God. It's not enough just to want to do good. You have to, Jesus, be to truly make an eternal difference. And today we're here to say to you, it's within all of our grasp. Make a decision that you want to follow Jesus, that you want to be redeemed by his work on the cross, that you are surrendered into his will, and then ask God, Lord, I want the full measure of your spirit, whatever it takes, 
And if there is a place in me that is outside of your will, show it to me so that I can make it right by the power of your Spirit. If I'm facing temptation, I know that I will be weak by myself. I need your Spirit to empower me. And if I'm going to go out and boldly reclaim what hell has stolen in this world, I need your Holy Spirit to anoint me because I want to be like Jesus. Oh, folks, this is life. And if you want to take a step that way with us right now, join us in this prayer. Our Father, we're so thankful today for knowing us by name, for bringing us into being just here and just now, not by chance, but by your appointment. Mm -hmm. And we thank you, Lord, for calling us to do good works that you planned long ago beforehand that we could walk in them now for creating us new in Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will cause us to be more and more like your Son. And to that end, I pray today that we might Jesus be by being baptized, by being immersed, by being possessed by your Holy Spirit. May his gifts, may his character, may his transformational power, may his equipping, may his sealing be ours for your ends. And may everyone who joins us in this prayer today, Lord, may they sense the stirring of your spirit in their hearts. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Once again, I want to invite you to give us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, toll free. Give us a call. Or you could visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us an email, and we'll get right back to you. Or at the last, send me a letter by Surface Mail. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420 Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or send us a note by post, please let us hear from you this week. And when we do, we'd love to give you a copy of my new little book called Jesus Be. It's seven chapters, seven steps, seven ways in which your life can be changed following Jesus. Kimberly, as always, a treat to be in your company. Thanks for coming along. Good to be with you, Jim. Thanks. And we thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue our series called Jesus Be. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.